Welcome back to Deconstructing Gaslighting, the podcast, and welcome to season two. I'm super excited to bring a different flavor to the way I talk about gaslighting and its connection to so many different aspects of our lives. The theme this month is new, as in new ways to understand and talk about gaslighting. And today we're starting off with a huge bang as I interview one of the men in recovery that I have been working with for the past five years. Think people who gaslight can't change? This interview will help you see that many, though definitely not all, can. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast. And if you want to be in the know about special deals on my programs, new things that I'm launching, conferences I'll be speaking at, and lots of other helpful information and tools, sign up for my newsletter by visiting my website, sarahmoralescoaching.com. So today is one of the days that I'm going to have a guest on my podcast, and my guest today is Jeremy. As I said in my intro, Jeremy is in recovery and has been for some time. A fun fact about Jeremy is he is a national champion and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, a multi-gold medalist for the sport of bocce. Am I right? Multi-gold? That's correct. That's right. That's correct. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thanks for being Thanks. here. Thanks. Great to be here. I'm really, really excited to have you on today. So Jeremy, I know that you've heard and read all a lot of the messages out there that tie a direct line from gaslighting to narcissism and how people who do gaslighting behaviors are kind of these heartless, evil people who just simply can't change. And I know that, you know, I don't believe that, right? <laughs> but right. so, so many people are confused and afraid because of this type of messaging. And that's why I wanted to have you on here today so that people can hear a candid story and highlight how when people do the work like you have and heal like you have, they can and do change and relate to their people in healthy ways. So again, just thank you so much. Like I want to give people a picture of what actually is possible instead of all of these pictures that people just can't change. So no problem. I'd love to start um, by just giving my listeners a little bit of context. I know that you just got your 10 year sobriety chit. Congratulations, by the way, that's huge. Thank you. Um, I know you've worked really hard to get there but you weren't always in such a great place. I mean, I would say the, the overall thing that, that I learned that um, kind of helped me, you know, figure out, okay, this is where I was and this is where I need to be is that I was, I was lying to myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that, that um, people don't realize with this gaslighting topic is the biggest problem is gaslighting ourselves. Yep. Being an addict as I am, um, lying and not telling the truth and trying to make up your own reality is always part of it. Yeah. So, so only wanted to show people the, the best side or the side that I wanted them to see before, Yeah. you know, I was too afraid to just be honest about what was going on with me, but you know, and the problem is when you're in that much denial, when mm -hmm. you're gaslighting yourself all the time, mm -hmm. it becomes, you know, it becomes pretty difficult. Yeah. So. I I love that you said that I was just talking to a client earlier today, in fact, about her, her partner and, um, talking about the ways that he gaslit, gaslit himself in his addiction that enabled him to continue to 
you know, act out and, or lie to her. Right. And if you're lying to yourself, of course, you're going to lie to other people. If you're gaslighting yourself, of course, you're going to gaslight other people. So I love, love, love that you brought that up. Um, I'm just curious if other than the justifications that addicts do, um, are you aware of any other reasons like the why behind any gaslighting behaviors that you did? Yeah, I think, um, uh, image management was a big thing in family of origin. I mm-hmm. think that, um, that's one of the ways that has really helped me to understand it better is now seeing it from the other side, being able to see like, this is what I came from. These mm-hmm. are the people that I grew up with and okay, that makes sense. That's why I act this way, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always been very, uh, especially on my one side of the family, it was always very image conscious, very, we don't want anyone to know what's going on behind here and everything's fine and you should project that image that everything's okay and everything's great there's like an awakening that goes with this gaslighting thing i think once you get to the point where you start seeing it then you see it everywhere yeah agreed agreed so i think what i hear you saying is what you realized as you started to kind of work on yourself and especially work on some family of origin things you noticed that some of the things were learned behaviors is that is that what i'm hearing correct yeah exactly I'm working on a course for people that are in recovery to learn how to stop gaslighting. And that's the lesson I just finished writing was the one about, we got, we got to get into these things and understand that sometimes we gaslight because it's a learned behavior. It's not nefarious. It's not, you know, because I'm trying to, I'm intentionally trying to control and break you. Like, no, it's just a a behavior I learned (laughs) in my family of origin. Yeah. And if you go, if you, and if you go deeper than that, I mean, it comes down to, you know, do we love ourselves enough? Because if we do, then there's easier to be authentic and Mm -hmm. you're not worried so much about image or trying to keep up appearances, or I want things to seem a certain way, you know, so it goes pretty deep as you well know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I do. This episode today is about kind of exposing the super damaging loss conception that there's one reason people do gaslighting behaviors. And, um, one of the things that I've really learned in the past decade is the the reason that goes deeper, that shame response or the fear response, right? Especially when it's connected to that, um, you know, self image or the projected image to other people, right? Like if you're in a marriage or an intimate partnership and, you know, any, it doesn't even have to be an addiction, right? Like it can be anything that you're ashamed of. And you're, you're afraid that your person might know, like you, you know, secretly eat cookies every night. And for some reason you think that's bad, right? Like there's any, really any number of reasons why. Um, and I'm curious if, if that connects with you at all, like understanding and seeing, yeah, I could see how fear that if you don't love yourself, like this is coming for full circle to what you just said, if, if you don't love yourself, you're probably also living in a place of fearing that other people won't love you. Yeah, I would, right? I would totally agree. Yeah. Uh, don't do these things because we're bad people or because we have, you know, we just, for whatever reason, low self-esteem, lack mm-hmm. of self-love, didn't get enough attention. There's a million different things it could mm-hmm. be. Yeah. That, I mean, f- speaking from my perspective, yeah, it, it prevented me from just being me. Yeah. From just, okay, this is me. I don't have to worry about anything else. I have to work on that. That's not something you just snap your fingers and do. 
I, I don't think I've met anybody who's totally built like they're just they're authentic all the time and that's right. it and they don't have to work on it and everything's fine. You Never know. met that person. If you nope. met them, let me know. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just love what you're saying. You know, because I think it's important again for us to to paint a picture because I do know that there are people who are out there who are probably listening to this right now. Uh, they are in relationship with somebody who is maybe like you. And when they do the work, they can heal. But there are also people out there that are listening who their person is not like you. <laughs> and then we've got the right. the true narcissist or the true sociopath or any of the no- number of other reasons that people are likely a lot, lot less likely to change. Right? So like listening to where you're coming from and the type of things that you're talking about and the things that drove you right, um, to become this healthier version of yourself. Um, that's one of the key distinguishing things that you can see, right? It's not just about some of the things that people, when they're kind of faking it can do when they're just ticking off, like, I'm going to do all the right things and say all the right things. It's, it's a, it's a true change and freeing. I would even say what I, what I hear you saying is really the freedom that you got when you started to really connect with your authentic self. Well, I was in therapy one time and the, the therapist, she explained, she was explaining what gaslighting was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she got to the point where she said, so this is where it becomes abuse. Like this is mm-hmm. abusive behavior. Yeah. And when she said that it, that was really eye opening for me. Think there's a point that people miss. Well, it's gaslighting. You're lying. You're not telling the truth. I think they. I don't think they uh, grasp the full picture of what mm-hmm. this is. Mm-hmm. This is a serious, life-altering. You know, could ruin, could destroy your life, could make your life unbelievably better. Yeah. Um, if you heal from it. Yep. And I don't think people take it seriously enough. It's yep. it's you're you're literally damaging other people around you with your behavior. And, you know, key to all of it is empathy, right? That's still, for most people, that's a nebulous term, right? They don't quite get exactly what that means. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think if you can get across to people how serious it is and how dangerous it is, then I think you can get the right attention. But yeah, yeah. You know, what I, what I really love about what you just said, Jeremy, it really reminds me of something that I I talk quite a bit about, and, and is in one of my courses where I talk about the difference between intention and impact. And, uh, for my listeners, I think it's really important to say that what we're talking about is the difference in intention, right? Like you can have someone who's gaslighting because it's a family of origin issue, or it's something to enable you to act out. And there, those are intentions. Then there's the narcissist whose intention is to make their, the world revolve them. And then there's a sociopath whose intention is to break and control other people, right? Like you've got all these different intentions. And then what you just spoke to is it doesn't matter where your intention comes. It's important to grasp that the impact is still abuse. Like the impact is still traumatic, right? And I use this whole analogy or I'm talking about how the person whose intentions were probably more, a lot more like yours, where you were just like tripping over the mess of your life, right? The messiness of your learned family behaviors, the messiness of your addiction, 
was causing you to fall into your partner, right? Yeah. Love that, that you are able to connect with and actually an advocate for people understanding we can't minimize our behaviors just because we're not a narcissist, right? Like we still have to understand that my behaviors cause harm and I have to change them. So I, I love that. And that just, to me, shows the level of awareness that you have. And I think it's great. Yeah, there's a level of humility that goes with it, too. You got to be willing to say, I don't have the answer. Mm. You got to be willing to look inside and say, all right, what what can I do about this? I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong about this or that. So mm -hmm. you got to also have that that willingness to, you know, some have some self-reflection and go, okay, where could I could I have done things wrong here? And sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes in addiction, when you hit rock bottom, that's easy to do. <laughs> so I'm hearing there was a moment with your therapist that was kind of a mm -hmm. big aha moment that helped you kind of connect with the impact. Um, and that was maybe a shift for you in, in empathy um, and maybe taking responsibility for your behaviors. Is that yeah, that I, like a I good think, summary? Yeah. And I think there's also um, the stories that we tell ourselves too. I think there's a narrative that I had that um, when she was giving me examples of people who gaslight, there's the nice guy, right? Mm -hmm. Where, well, I'm a nice guy. And, but I had, you know, convinced myself that that's, well, that's who, you know, that's yeah. who I am. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not causing trouble. I'm staying right. out of the way. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm a nice guy. What's the, what's the problem? Right. And so when I, when I realized that there's a big part of that, where I was not taking responsibility for mm -hmm. my behavior, mm -hmm. I was just hiding behind that story mm -hmm. that I was telling myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's a lot, um, there's a lot going on and a lot we have to kind of question and look at. Yeah. You know, to, to, to try to be better. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious if you identified any other things that were some main contributors and helping you uh, to stop doing the gaslighting behaviors and instead use healthy uh, communication and behaviors in, in the same situations. Um, I think the number one, the stress and the, of, of constantly keeping up the facade or the, mm. the lie or the, that, that was very, um, that was very difficult to deal with on a daily basis. And when, yeah. for me, when I got just a little taste of, oh, wow, I get to let that go. Mm. How good, how good that felt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that was intoxicating on its own. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I, I can actually be authentic and tell the mm -hmm. truth. And boy, oh, boy, this feels good. I don't want yeah. more of this. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I mean, obviously when, when your life's a mess, it, it forces you to, to do a lot of things differently. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the other thing is you see, you know, you, you see the consequences also. Yeah. So that, that's definitely a big, big that's motivator. definitely a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love that. So, you know, wrapping up what we're trying to say here I, for, for me, I think it's when people are, when part of their story and part of the reason that they are doing gaslighting behaviors is because of some sort of addiction, when they get sober, some of those gaslighting behaviors automatically stop. Some of the other ones like learned behaviors, right? Maybe responses to fear, shame, those types of things. The more you work on yourself, you work on your family of origin stuff, you start becoming more self-aware, aren't setting yourself or you're becoming more full of self-love, self-acceptance. 
a lot of those gaslighting behaviors naturally fall away even more. Now it takes time because we're not, like you said, you can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden be self-aware of the work is hard work. But that's what I've been saying for a long time, right? Is if people are in good, solid recovery and they're embracing the process and not half-assing it, right? A lot of these behaviors start to fall away and you can see the change because it's a reflection of the healing and the changing of the person, right? And then the more we have good support, like you were just saying, the more we can say, oh, these are ones that aren't just naturally falling away. Like I'm gonna have to put some intention towards these because they're maybe a little bit more deeply rooted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once you Once you kind of step out of whatever the main problem is, the addiction, whatever it is, yeah, some of that stuff is, is going to leave. Um, had to constantly be aware of that you know mm -hmm. and i was trying to and that's really hard the hardest part honestly is just having to be present you're trying to be present all the time now yeah versus a lot of the reason i, I was doing a lot of things that i didn't like was because i was just wasn't present yeah you know i wasn't paying attention to anything that was going on so i didn't yep. i didn't have a clue there's stuff you're gonna have to give up mm -hmm. you're gonna have to make difficult decisions there are certain people that you're going to have to stop talking to or limit your communication with. So that is like a perfect segue into my next question, which is, you know, what would you say to anyone who might be listening, who is new to recovery? So I'm, I'm making up like somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I want my person in recovery to hear this. And then they're listening to this podcast. Right. So what would you say? to someone who is new to recovery and is just learning about the gaslighting that they have been doing? Um, I would say, uh, do your best to be open, be open to whatever possibilities are out there, right? You're mm -hmm. not a monster. This mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's something wrong with you that you are probably not doing it intentionally, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and this sounds, you know, sometimes this people may think this is selfish or whatever, but it's really you got to focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's really all about what can I do for me to try to get better. If I, I think I wrote this, I wrote this note down, and somehow it seems seems appropriate. Mm -hmm. I wrote down, stay out of other people's drama and do what's best for you. Mm. And I think that's the one of the more more difficult parts about this is that you you've got to try to not be affected and not let your you know your path be determined by all of this stuff all, all this external stuff yeah you know this is mostly this is mostly internal and that's that's important i think a lot of people struggle with that well i'm going to do all this for me yes you are going to do all this for you because mm -hmm. that's as i said before that's how serious this is yeah you know, well, don't I mean, take this... care of this you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna hurt other people and and all the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. And, and I think what's important to point out is this is coming from somebody who has managed to make it 10 years of being sober, right? So you, you must have some, it's a good kind of guiding principle, right? And it's hard to hear. Cause I think as partners, we want to hear that we're the top priority, right? But it's actually counterintuitive. We don't want to bear the responsibility that our person gets better because of us. They should be getting better because it's what they want to do for themselves. Then it's not conditional on anybody else or anything else, right? You yourself are the driving factor. So I think that's really, um, that's really good and really important. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit and I'm going to yep. say, what, what would you say to people out there who are in a relationship with someone 
who has been doing gaslighting behaviors and is beginning to do the work to stop? What would you say to them? I would say, um, I would say be patient. Mm -hmm. I would say um, that, you know, <laughs> it's not about you. You know, <laughs> I would say your part of this is going to require you as the loved one to kind of get out of the way and let, let them, uh, you're out on your own way. This is not a, this is not a linear path. This is not, I know there's 12 steps, but that doesn't mean it's just, you take one step and you just keep moving forward and it, it goes, it goes on, you know, yeah. it, it goes steadily. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to have, they're going to have ups and downs. They're, they're going to get better. They're going to get worse. It, things are going to change all over the place. So no one, one perfect right way to do this. What mm -hmm. works for you might not work for them. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. That's really hard, hard when you're, when you're married and you, you're mm -hmm. just like, why can't I, you know, we go through this all the time. Why can't my partner just do this or that? Why can't they do, mm -hmm. but we can't do it for them. Mm -hmm. Can't, you can't do it for them. So I would say, um, yeah, I just, uh, tr do your best to have as much empathy as you can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that doesn't mean you should be permissive either. That that's doesn't right. mean you need to put up with anything that's inappropriate. What you need that's to right. do, as I said about, you know, the person that's struggling with it, you as the loved one, you've got to do what's best for you too. That's right. If it's not safe, then you need to do what you have to do to, to take care of yourself. That's right. I love that. Thank you for saying that. Um, so I want to take it into the next section of the podcast real quick, which is uh, what's our top takeaway? What's our top takeaway and what are our action steps that we can have from whatever the discussion of the day is? And for me, what I wanted to point out is some potential top takeaways for my listeners is let's try to get out of this all or nothing in black and white thinking about gaslighting and gaslighters, right? Like not everybody that does gaslighting behaviors is a narcissist. They're not all out to control and break the other person. Let's, let's get out of that. That's, that's number one. Number two, let's start talking about what the options are. What are all the different reasons? What does that mean for me? An analogy that I love to give to people is if, if someone has an upset stomach, you got to understand what the problem is to know what the treatment plan will be. Isn't it an ulcer? Is it, you know, some kind of bacteria in the stomach? Is it stomach cancer? Like it depends, right? You are not going to do the same treatment for whatever the issue is. Same thing with the gaslighting. Number three, you know, honestly, for me, it's to give hope. For those of you who are out there who aren't yet sure where your person might fall <laughs> onto, you know, that gaslighting scale that I, that I teach in my course, um, there's hope, right? Your gaslighter can potentially change. It's possible. Jeremy is an example, and I've seen many, many more. Those are takeaways. What's the big action step? If you're listening to this, there is education out there that you can get to understand the different motives, the different levels of awareness, how people can heal from this. And in the meantime, it's boundaries. Boundaries are so crucial when you're not sure and you're trying to understand where your person might be coming from. I said this once to my youngest son, he was probably in seventh grade and we were going through some stuff and we were talking about boundaries are like fences around our house. And we've got the gate in the fence. And if somebody comes up to that gate and you know who they are, you're going to open the gate and you're going to let them in. Oh, I know this person. This is my dad, or this is my neighbor, Sally or whatever. If they're known safe person you open the gate for 
right? The gate otherwise stays closed. <laughs> if somebody came to the gate and you don't know if they're safe, what do I do? They could be safe or they could be dangerous. And I think sometimes we pressure ourselves to open the gate because what if they are safe? And I propose that the people that are in this place where you're trying to figure out maybe what type of gaslighter your person is, you keep the gate closed until you have enough evidence that that person is safe. Then you open the gate. You don't have to rush. Take your time. Keep yourself safe, protected with good boundaries. All right. As I wrap up today, I wanted to let you know that if you want to understand more about the different reasons people may be doing gaslighting behaviors, as well as the different levels of awareness, I go through both of those things in great detail in my Deconstructing Gaslighting Awareness video series. It's just $22.50 US, and you can get immediate access from my website. Again, that's sarahmoralescoaching.com, and I'll have the link in the show notes. I encourage you to follow me on your preferred social media platform. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Sarah Morales Coaching, and I'm on TikTok as Sassy Sarah Deconstructs. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I have, I'll have the links in my show notes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Jeremy. I'm so excited. I get to start 2024 with you as my guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. And thank you, my listener, for listening to today's episode. If you found it helpful and want to help me get it in the hands of more people who could benefit from it, please leave a review and subscribe. Additionally, if you can think of one person in particular who could benefit, please share it with them. And remember, you may have crashed and burned, been broken hurt, but damn it, you're a phoenix and you are rising again. I think it's time we fly. And now Phoenix by Katrina Stone. There's no flicker, there's no flame in you. Think we're playing a game here. You and I are the same and I need a chance to rise from the ashes. Everybody watching, everybody talking. Smile. You find me in the burning.